0: Hey, thanks, Sam, for leading us today. Man, I love these guys, and I love Christmas music. I love everything about this season leading up uh, to this weekend. And let me be honest. I, I want to make a confession to you here. And this is just your pastor letting you know I'm a broken man. Uh, but I start listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I know. Don't, don't, don't turn this off. Hang with me here. But I, I, it's just kind of been in my bones since I was a kid. You know, I grew up on that white a Christmas uh, record from Bing Crosby. My, my parents played it for me. That was one of those things that just, it just got in my bones early on. And our kids love that album. We bought that album off of Amazon. And you know, we, we, a lot of times they'll even wanna play it in July and we're like, November, okay. July, maybe not, right? A little too early. But we just love all of the Christmas traditions. I love the carols. I love the feelings and the traditions. And I can't wait for Christmas to get here. Now, I know that's true for some of you. For some of you though, you can't wait for Christmas to get here so it can be over, right? So it can be done with, okay, enough of it. I even have a friend, uh, I'm not kidding you here. His goal every Christmas is by 9 p.m. Seriously, by 9 p.m. his goal is to have all the Christmas decorations inside and outside the house put away by 9 p.m. on Christmas day. He's like, yep, I'll decorate, but man, I can't wait for it to get here so it can be over. And you know, it, it can happen. Sometimes the Christmas season, it can be more fun leading up to Christmas day than what we experience on Christmas. Yeah, you know, I know for some of you you're with friends or family or, or maybe you're not and you're going, you know what? I love all the traditions leading up because Christmas day and Christmas weekend can sometimes be kind of hard. But the truth is, all of us are waiting for something. We're waiting for it to get here. We're waiting for Christmas to get over. But beyond that, in our lives and in our souls, all of us, are waiting for something. And the great thing at Christmas is this, what we're waiting for can actually be found in Jesus. You know, right now, Ruthie and I, we're still waiting. Uh, you know, we, we placed an order. Uh, it's now over 16 weeks ago, we ordered some patio furniture. You know, one of the first things we bought uh, when we got married, I don't know if this was the wisest move, but we had a bunch of Target gift cards. And we went and we bought patio furniture and one of those fire bowls. And uh, sure, we we didn't have you know couches in our living room, but you know what we needed? We needed patio furniture. That's what we needed when we got married, and uh, we loved it. The only problem is it's 15 years old, fell apart, we had to throw it away, and so we bought some out of season. But here's the deal: we've been waiting 16 weeks for this, and I know the world is in a different place right now with shipping and everything else. But there's something about the waiting. It's uncomfortable. We're out of control. We're so used to being able to get what we want, when we want, and how we want it. And when we don't get what we want, sometimes we don't know what to do with ourselves. See, at Christmas, this is the incredible story of Jesus. It's not just that he's great for a day or great for a weekend. It's that he is great and good for a lifetime. And what we find is this, when we open the Christmas story, you find not just that he's invited some people to be a part of it, but God sent Jesus when the world was in waiting. God's people, the Israelites, they were waiting for a Messiah. They were under the Roman rule and life was tough. There was other nations that were waiting for peace. There was people who were desperate to find hope in their life. And what we find in the midst of the story of Jesus is this, it wasn't just one moment that was good for the shepherds and then kind of Christmas goes back up into the attic. What I want to look at just briefly today in this little Christmas devotional is this, I want to look at the few days what happened after the life when Christ was born. You know, for some of us, we, when we have a good idea, we go, I got an epiphany. I got an idea, and when we say that, what we're saying is this, I've got a new thought, I've got a new way. And I didn't know this till a couple of years ago, but when I started studying that word epiphany, actually the epiphany is celebrating the two weeks after Christ's birth. That when Christmas arrives, you know, we celebrate, and at Christmas Eve, you know, we celebrate it with candlelight, that the light of the world has come here, and we celebrate that everything has changed. Problem is, once that's over, we just kind of move on with life. But what we find in the scriptures is this. When Christ arrived, that was when the celebration began. This was the epiphany. And the epiphany, you know, I, one of the Christmas carols is, you know, the 12 days of Christmas. And I just grew up thinking that the 12 days of Christmas were the 12 days leading up to Christmas, like the countdown. And then I questioned who in the world made up that carol and who in the world wants that junk, you know, turtle doves and all this stuff. I'm like, what is that? What I found was this, the 12 days of Christmas is actually representing and celebrating the 12 days after Christmas, that we would celebrate what our souls have been waiting on for a lifetime. That what the world is aching for and that may never even say the name Jesus, but what they are desperately desiring is here in their waiting. I wanna look at a man named Simeon in Luke chapter two. You know, we hear the normal people at Christmas, the shepherds and the wise men and Mary and Joseph and the innkeeper and Jesus being born in a manger. And and we hear those stories and and we see that. The only thing is this, there's a man who is in waiting that God had promised before he dies that he will see what he is supposed to be waiting for in life. Question for you now today is this, we know we're all in waiting but what you and I are waiting on, is it actually worth the wait? Is it worth the care and the attention that our souls give it? In Luke chapter 2, we find this man Simeon near death, but he's waiting for hope. Listen to what it says in verse 25. It says, now there was a man in Jerusalem named called Simeon who was a righteous and devout man. He loved God. And he was waiting for the consolation of Israel, for the hope of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Christ. God had promised, listen, what you're waiting for, you're going to see before you die, Simeon. And moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was the custom of the law required on the eighth day, Jewish parents were required to bring their son in for circumcision and to be dedicated to the Lord. And so this is eight days after Christmas. They go into the temple courts. God moves Simeon into the temple by the Holy Spirit. And this is what he says. It says, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory to your people, Israel. What we found here is this, that in Jesus, everything Simeon was waiting for has been found. This is what I love about God. God doesn't just give him a promise. He gives him his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit that is upon Simeon, it would it would reveal to Simeon where to go. It would move Simeon into the things that God has for him. That's why you and I, as we become followers of Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit so that you and I can have his presence in our life, that we can do what he's called us to do, that Christmas just doesn't go up into the attic. Christmas is to be on display in your life and my life. But I'll be honest, if this is me, and I'm Mary and Joseph here, if some old man comes up to me and mire and scoops up one of my three kids and starts twirling around and does the Simba thing from like Lion King, I'll be honest, I'd be a bit freaked out until I heard him say these words, Sovereign Lord, as you promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Simeon was waiting for peace at Christmas. Simeon was waiting for hope. He goes on to say this about Jesus, that not only has his eye seen the salvation of the Lord, But he's seen the sight for all people, that a light for revelation to the Gentiles, that's you and me, that's all the other countries, and for glory to your people Israel. See, what we're waiting for in Jesus at Christmas, that's for all people. It's a light in the darkness. Sometimes we look at the world and we go, that's a dark place. And you know what? You're right but just like we see that the world is a dark place, God looks at it and he says, and I want my son to be hope for those who are waiting for light in the world. And not just the world, he says this, for glory for my people Israel. See, the good thing about Jesus is this, he never forgets his people. This is why Jesus is what deep down, you and I in the world are waiting for. So whatever you're waiting for today, is it actually worth the wait? What we find in the story Simeon and the encouragement for United Day is this, we're all waiting, but what we're waiting for is actually waiting for us, waiting for you and I, to scoop Him up, to make Him our life, to surrender our lives and our hands and our minds to Him so that the peace of God can rest on us, so that the light of God can rest on us, so that the hope of God can rest on us and we get to be a new people in a broken world. What an epiphany. What a new reality. What a good hope you and I have at Christmas. So at Christmas, Jesus is inviting you and I, not to put them away, back into the bins that go into the closet, back into the bins that go up into the attic, and then we move on. But what you and I have been waiting for and what the world is waiting for would begin to move in us. And you know, I wanna invite you right now, if you got your communion, some people do this online, I wanna invite you, if you've got some bread and juice, I'm gonna pray for us here in a second. But if you've got some bread and juice, what I wanna invite you to do in this moment is this, I'm gonna pray for us and I wanna invite you to take it as we wrap up our time together today. But as you take the bread and juice today, here's what I wanna invite you to do, to simply declare this, or maybe you've not become a follower of Jesus and this is a confession that you're gonna make, it's this, that when you take the bread and the juice or in this moment, this is what we're saying, the Jesus, you are what I've been waiting for my whole life. What happens is when we take the bread and the juice, we declare that you're king, you're my peace, you're the light to the world, you're the glory for your people Israel. And today, I find all that I'm waiting for in you, Jesus. So right now, if you've got some communion, I'm gonna invite you to take it, and I'm gonna pray for us together right now as we wrap up our time this Christmas weekend. Father, we say thank you for this story, this hidden story that God, sometimes like Christmas, we we just begin to think about all the returns and everything else, all the travel that we gotta do, all the cleaning up that needs to happen, and we just move on. And Father, in this moment, this Christmas weekend, we pause to declare that Jesus, you are what we have been waiting for our whole life. Father, for some who are watching this, that God have never proclaimed you as their king and that you are what they've been waiting for right now. Father, I just pray for courage that they would open their hearts and their lives and their hands to you. Father, for for those of us who are watching this that are followers of you, God, I pray that we would be reminded once again that there is nothing else in this world worth waiting on besides you. That God, you minister to us, you hold us together, and God, you send us into this world to be your light and your people. So today, Jesus, we celebrate you. We honor you. Thank you for giving us your peace today. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us online this weekend, Northside family. Honored to get to celebrate Christmas with you. Honored to get to be the people of God with you. May you know that you are loved and follow Jesus this week. And we'll see you next weekend. Merry Christmas.